We're back from the MarchMania.com <laughs> studio. The bonus. The bonus episode. Here we are. Armchair analyst coming at you. Back, on the, back on the new year, new me. That's right. Hunter Saffel, Trent Woldridge, all here at the desk. Coming back for what's part up, what's deuce. Up, what's up? What's up? Trying to make it up for MarchMania.com. Go check them out. Greatest website in the world. Uh, we are going to do a bonus episode. It's going to be a short one. They We're love gonna... us over there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Big fans of the show. Um, so this, we are going to do our new year, new me segment. We're going to talk about a few things that uh, maybe we did well last year uh, that we can expound on. Word of the day. And a few things, that, <laughs> a few things that maybe we did not so good that we're going to try and keep from doing uh, going forward. So this is something; it's a good uh, exercise if you're a fantasy player, whether it's dynasty or redraft, to kind of grow yourself as a fantasy player. And I think we've all done this in the past, and and uh, you can see it throughout leagues. Leagues have been together for a while; they tend to play better year over year and, and get stronger. And, and this is a big part of that. So yeah, this is something we did last year. We did the year in review episode. And like you said, it's a good practice just to go through and just kind of see what you did right, what you did wrong, what you can improve on, what you can do moving forward, whether it's a different strategy or draft strategy or whatever. So uh, I definitely think it's a good thing to do. Yep. So uh, starting out, we're going to kind of break this up. Well, mine are broken up into redraft, and I think Hunter's are too. Redraft and Dynasty and, and things that we did uh, different. I guess I'll kick it off for for redraft and and mine says don't count on the come or or another that's that's an ag term yeah it sounds a little hmm, naughty uh but no basically don't count your chickens before they hatch you know and, way, i like uh, that one better i think our sponsor just got dropped <laughs> i like the chicken one better <laughs> okay we'll go with the chicken and we had a chicken. brought to you by tyson yeah, Thank we, had you. A, uh, we had a chicken race one year for draft picks we, we did, did. Yeah. Yeah. stuck with the chicken thing yeah we raced chickens one year to, to decide our draft picks in a startup that was fun we'll have to do that, that was again. fun we need to do that yeah yeah but uh funny so anyway don't <laughs> kind of a waste of time but it's yeah. good yeah. it was oh it was, and not, that was for y'all i mean a yeah. waste of time was yeah. for me i mean i'm yeah. out there trying to kill the one chickens, that had the 12 yeah. chickens with yeah. the little yeah. armband or a lot of investment on. there it's been about three hours it was a mess but uh hey thanks for doing that yeah you bet you bet it was a good way to kick off the league it took three hours because you ran it until it worked out for you yeah yeah that's right <laughs> no i didn't i didn't like my draft pick actually it was but were those accurate probably not i just came up with numbers um but anyway redraft we've talked about i've touched on a little bit already but man i drafted like the best team i ever drafted this year got a little bit uh complacent and had some injuries christian mccaffrey namely and uh just kept telling myself we'll win the next one and as long as we make the playoffs we'll be fine these guys will come back the team will be strong blah 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 in the meantime, I should have been picking up the Elijah Mitchells of the world and making those moves and being aggressive just like I would be if I didn't like my team as much, you know. So don't ever think that you've drafted the superstar team because it almost never, ever works out as the team that's drafted best ends up being the best. And so I, I think this year is probably the first year that I, I really remember um, screwing that up, but I definitely screwed that up. And, and this team that I had could have been a lot better if I'd have added pieces to it. So that is my uh, do not do for redraft. Mine, um, so this is my first year to win the NSFL draft, and I think it had, or the league, and I think it had a lot to do with the depth that I drafted. Um, and we always say don't be married to your team at the draft, but one of the things I feel like I did this year was draft my, my depth pieces on the value guys who had done it before. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, Cooper Cup, you know, obviously was a wide receiver one great, but we had seen flashes of that. So like his value 
was pretty great in draft in draft season because he was falling down draft board because guys with high upside like the Jamar Chases or these young guys, AJ Browns were flying up draft boards, but like Cooper Cup was falling. But we had seen flashes of him scoring, you know, I think he had 14 touchdowns or something like in his first or second season. And mm-hmm. we had seen that with um, a much worse quarterback. And then we obviously Tom Brady had been there, done that. But because he's older, he's fallen down draft boards. James Conner, when he'd be given the chance, um, you know, with in Pittsburgh, he was a, a running back one. And so, like, those were kind of guys that I drafted as depth pieces. Um, Brady was my quarterback one, but... Um, but I got all these guys as values late in drafts and Connor didn't stick with my team, but these were just three examples I could think of. Um, but just, just trying to find these value pieces that aren't straight upside pieces, but they're, they're guys who had been there and done that. And we, we tend as, as fantasy players, we tend to try to stick on, latch on to these upside guys, these young guys. And when in reality, the older guys like Adam Thielen comes to mind as well. Um, the guys who have been there and done that, they tend to show out, even though we don't think they will. Um, they still, they're still there, and they're still going to be relevant. And so, uh, I think one thing that helped me was filling my depth pieces with these guys, because when injuries happen, you can throw these guys in there, and they'll be consistent for you. Yeah. So, just, I mean, it's a great point. I, I kind of to, to play off that. You know, I think a common mistake for a vast majority of people who play fantasy football and redraft is, you know, they go after that, that rookie or second year guy that's supposed to break. And then, you know, they, they pass over the, you know, you just think about Hunter Renfro this year, you know, Hunter Renfro, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, like you've seen flashes, you know, they can do it, you mm-hmm. know, and then, and then a, a band like, I mean, how many, like how many people drafted Renfro over who was a wide receiver one this year over Devonte Smith and, Jamar Chase and which obviously Jamar freaking blew up. So <laughs> yeah, Jamar Chase actually yeah, worked out know, pretty good. You know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, it just didn't. Well, Alan well, Robinson. Yeah, man. I Alan mean, Robinson. I mean, he had been there and done that, but his situation didn't look great. But we we expected him because he's overcome quarterback play to yeah, be good. Hundred percent. Whereas like, but Renfro was probably undrafted, or he was a very late round guy, right, and he's been like, there, done that, and his situation didn't change. If anything, it got better with yeah. the wide receiver chaos going on over there, and nobody. I mean, probably very little people actually took the chance yeah. on him. Yeah, and and that's what you know. Redraft leagues, you know, you, you think about age, especially man. Like it gets a little bit dicey when you play redraft and dynasty. You know, because like you value players. Like if you play dynasty, you value players different than you play redraft. But if you can find a way to separate that, and then you gotta differentiate. Yeah, it. it's hard to do sometimes, but that's it is key. Well, and then man, leading into the year, like what do you hear about? You hear about rookie, 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 rookie. Yep. You know? Yeah, then, that's all the recent then, news, everything. And then all those guys fly up the board on, on what could be instead of what we know is. So, I, uh, yeah, that's and that's something I've done in the past and it's something I'm trying to correct. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's something that I noticed I did this year. And it wasn't intentional. It just kind of happened that way. And looking back on it, it's like, man, those are the guys I, I took and it, it worked out. And it seems like to me like that's a – that's a definite strategy I'm going to try to use moving forward if people don't take my guys beforehand <laughs> now yeah. that they hear my strategy. But um, but anyways, that that's something I definitely learned from learned something from this year. Yeah, well, th- think my thing is like think of David Montgomery, you know, like at a RB one year, you know, two years ago, and then coming into the draft this past year, it's like oh, you can't do it, you can't repeat it, blah blah blah. It's like he's a bell cow running back, you know, yeah. on a team that's probably not going to be able to throw the football. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? You know, and then, you know, you fall down and then whoever got him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, like, I mean, it's money. So he should have never made it there. 
Yeah. That kind of leads into my going into dynasty a little bit more. Um, mine was to be more aggressive and I've spoke to that before, but I'm, I'm really bad. And David Montgomery is one of them after his, his big gear. Um, he had a bunch of weak matchups towards the end of the year and everybody accounted his, his stats to that. And I wanted to make a trade for him at the end of the year because I liked him and I liked, liked the situation and everything, but I was scared to do it because everything you just said, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, this guy might not be that talented. He may not get the whole backfield. Maybe they bring somebody in, whatever. And I talked myself out of it. And I'm, I am the world's worst. Just like I hated on Saquon Barkley coming in. Like I don't like buying into hype that hadn't come up. And for a, a player that's been around a few years, like Montgomery, I'm really bad about looking back at his past years. And if he was the, say he was RB 20, RB 18, and then his RB four year, I expect him the next year to be more at that, RB 20 level. I don't buy into a one year, uh, upside and maybe I should a little bit more because what I'm really good at doing is building third and fourth place teams that don't ever win anything, you know? And so sometimes you got to buy into these dudes, look at the matchups, look at, look at the whole situation. And I need to be more aggressive in doing that. And on Take the, a few more risks. Yes. And on the flip side, quit holding on to guys that were really good for a couple of years. And then they had a dip year and I'm afraid to sell them because I don't want to sell low. Cause sometimes those guys are knives and you don't want to catch a falling knife, you know? And, and sometimes you need to let them go. So I'm going to try and be a little bit more, um, quick on the draw, I guess, and a little bit more decisive on adding players and cutting players. Because at the end of the day, Trent talks about this all the time. It's small amounts of money that we're playing for. It's mostly just for fun and bragging rights, you know, and, and, so I need to have a little bit more fun. And, and if I like a guy, go get him. You know, we talked about in the previous episode, I liked Elijah Mitchell, but I didn't move up to go get him. You know, I, I let the worries uh, count me out, and I don't have him anywhere. James Robinson, the year before, I picked him up some places, but not everywhere. And uh, I've actually done a pretty good job at picking dudes, but then I don't fall through and actually get them and, and make that jump. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more aggressive in Dynasty, make some bigger moves, and, and guys I like go after, and guys that I'm starting to fade, go ahead and get rid of them and, and quit holding on, hoping they come back. It's so hard to do, too, though. Like it's so, it's, <laughs> I'm going to listen to this in three months. Well, but I didn't do that at all, you know? Yeah, but, it's, yeah. it's so hard. I'm, I'm the same way. It's so hard to just to let a guy go. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's just it's it's very hard to do in fantasy because we're so competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to win so bad, and when in reality, it is a very small amount of money. Like, I mean, to us, it might be some people, it might be big, whatever. But I mean, in, in reality, it's really not that much money, and it's really just for bragging rights. Like, why not take a risk? Because in fantasy, those risks those risks are what win you the championship. It's not what you know if you just stay. If you just, if you don't make moves, we t- we talk about it on this podcast. If you don't make moves, you're not going to win a championship. And you got to ma- you got to make moves. It's just yeah, hard to, yeah. especially the big name guys. It's hard to just get rid of them. And I don't know. It's 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 difficult for sure. Um, yeah. If you can take like I don't know, take the emotion out of it and look at a situation and say, you know, and if you, you know, look at it from that perspective and you think this guy's got a better chance of finish ahead of this guy, then you freaking get it done, you know? Yeah. Like, and I don't know, that's something, it's an approach I've taken some of my dynasty leagues. It's like, I'm freaking sell them. If I like them and I, I think it's going to help me win, like I'm just going to freaking sell it. Just trust your like, gut. Yeah, man. What, what's the worst case going to happen? I'm going to lose. Like, and then yeah. just go freaking rebuild. Man. Yeah. Like, well, just cares? go make more moves. Yeah. And make more uh, moves. Go, you know, and then if you end up making some bad decisions and you're wrong, then. Because when in reality, these aren't things that we can control anyways. Yeah, we yeah. want to control it so bad, but we really can't control the outcome of these games and what these guys produce yeah. on the field, but we take it so personally when they don't. And it's like trying not to hold on to that guy because he's on my team, you know, or he's on your yeah. team and I want, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's just hard because they're they're your players at the time and 
It's just yeah. it's difficult to do. I think it goes back to what you said too about be, you're so competitive. We all are that we want to scared. We don't only want to win the war. We want to win every battle. And so it's like if we feel like we're not getting the better deal of a trade, we'll let a trade walk. When in reality, that's the trade we should have made. And and maybe you do take a little loss, but at the end of the day, if if it makes your team better in the long run, that's what you need to do. You know. And sometimes you don't see who won the trade for a couple of years. Oh, well, that's yeah. the thing, dude. That's why I tell everybody. It's well, it's just like when I traded. You know, we started the dynasty league. I turn around and trade three first for Camara. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like, "What are you doing?" And then it's like, and then he just. But I thought it was better for you at the time. And, yeah, and and it won you a chip, but like, but, but he now didn't, he didn't have to stay healthy. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm putting all the marbles in on one guy. And right, if right. Hurt, if he gets hurt week two, then you are yeah screwed up. Exactly, and then so you take that risk. Then I made a trade for Kyler, and I traded. Baker, yeah. Tua, before he was a starter as a rookie, we didn't know what was. And at that time, Baker was still, like, kind of up and Decent. coming. And, yeah, yeah, he still, you know, viewed good. And then, I don't know, like, a couple firsts in a second. And because yeah. I was trying to win a league and everybody I text, you know, everybody that texts me or everybody I text, like, <laughs> what do you think? And it was just like, eh, uh, 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 you know, and then he went off. Yeah, and it worked out. But it didn't have to. And, right. And so the other side of that is, like, that's just, like, two occurrences, like, when it worked. But it doesn't have to work. Yeah, it but doesn't. It doesn't time, always like, work. Same time, like if it doesn't work, I don't win. If it does work, you do. You right. Know, it's just, right. It's a big risk. You do it, but you do have to have some patience here and there on players and let them develop. But at the end of the day, a lot of times, uh, what, what's the quote? Uh, fortune favors the bold. You know. And, oh, I thought you were going to say, "Don't count on the come." Yeah, don't count on the come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll never say that on the airwaves ever again. But. Uh, <laughs> But no, fortune favors the bold, you know, and the guy that's more willing to take that risk and, and is willing to be wrong usually ends up being right at the end of the day, you know, and, and again, it's fantasy. Worst case scenario, you end up in a position where you're in a rebuild position. And I'm, I'm telling you, I got two teams. One was a orphan that I took over and one I just had a horrible draft in, but they're both rebuilds and they're, they're two of my favorite teams right now because they're fun. You can be riskier. You don't feel so attached to your roster, you know? So if the worst thing you do is screw your team up to the point where you're in a rebuild situation, you're still having fun and, and hanging out with your boys. So, yeah. Um, and for me in the dynasty standpoint, like, and this may sound like cliche or super like obvious or whatever, but like I, I'd really came to come to find out that like having just a solid quarterback and a strong core of wide receivers can really carry a team because yeah, there's a ton of upside and a ton of potential in the running backs. But like if you have consistent wide receivers, to me, that seems like the most consistent position. Like those guys are just going to produce pretty similar numbers given. And if you have the top end guys and, and for my dynasty team in particular, like I have some top end guys that carried me because my running backs are pretty terrible, but like the turnover and the running back position is just so high that like these guys are in and out in just a couple of years. And if you have wide receivers that can stay in your starting lineup for years to come, you know, that's, that's going to set your team up for success um, along with the quarterback position. So like last year or two years ago, I guess our first year of dynasty, I didn't value the quarterback position high enough. And I got 11th place, made a big move to get a solid quarterback, kept my wide receivers the same running backs. I'll, I had a roster full of backup running backs for the most part and made it to the championship and got second place. So like from 11th to second place with a bunch of backup running backs, Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon, Damien Harris were my three running backs that carried me throughout the year. Clyde Edwards, Lair hurt, JK Dobbins hurt. So my team had a lot of promise with those running backs, but you know, those guys get hurt so often. And it's like, it's to me, it's just, if you can, if you can have a core of 
a quarterback and some wide receivers, you know, you can fill in running backs is what it looks like to me. You'll be relevant every year. It, it, yeah, and, and, and maybe that's not the right strategy. I may not win a championship doing that, but to me that just seems like it's going to put me in contention every year with those solid guys, and maybe you can make moves here and there to, you know, upgrade your running back room. But um, that that turnover, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, that the running back turnover is so high, like, I just don't want to invest too much into a top-end running back because it might set you up for the to failure in the future because you have to invest so much into those running backs whenever you can invest a little bit less into wide receivers and be set up for success for more years to come. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm just hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I just hanging yeah. out. Dynasty Superflex. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. At best case scenario, you build your team around solid quarterback, solid receivers, and then and then uh, try and you know, in my opinion, you just try and hit them running backs. You know, and then, but then you know, again, I I drafted Jonathan Taylor in that Dynasty League, so maybe I'm biased. You know, yeah, right? that, that, that's a big hit because you, you invested. Huge, yeah, yeah, but massive, but you know, massive. you could also have. <clears throat> A veteran, I mean, James Conner was probably super late. You know, you could have hit on him and been solid. Damian Harris hit this year for me, you know, and he was yeah, a super late value pick. Sure. So, like, you could always hit on those receivers. But you could hit on a wide receiver, too. I mean, Cooper Cup got yeah. traded for you know, a late-round pick. I know but, we've talked redraft-wise, like, you know, do we go away from running backs early? And, like, in my opinion, don't. You can't. Like, not, not redraft. Because, no, no. I mean, you look at the Cooper Cups, the Debos. The, I mean. There's way too much value at the wide yeah, receiver man. position. And then, and then. Dynasty wise, you know, well, I mean, just think about like freaking dude. It's just part of fantasy football, man. Like every year, there's a Cordell Patterson, you know, right? Freaking nuts, man. It, but it, to me, it always seems like the top, let's say the top twelve ranked running backs, a small percentage of those actually stay healthy and finish in the top twelve every year. Like mm-hmm. a very small, like maybe oh, four, dude. maybe yeah. four. Numbers that are finish. crazy. And so it's like, is that worth the risk to invest in one of those guys, or would you rather have like Devonte Adams? invest in him in the first round or invest in him as a, a trade candidate candidate for your team who's been a wide receiver one, the wide receiver two the last two years. You know what I mean? Like it, it so to me it's like if you can build your team around a solid core of wide receivers, you could probably fill the gaps up with your running backs. Um and again, and that that's not the same that's not the strategy everybody's gonna take. Uh but it worked for me last year and it wasn't intentional. It just kinda that's how the cards fell because I invested in JK Dobbins and Clyde. And just didn't work out with those guys, but um, it, it took me to the championship on the back of those wide receivers: Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin. Those guys carried me to the chip, and um, if I didn't have those high-end wide receivers, I would have never been there. Yep. So solid. I started uh, my first ever dynasty superflex with Dalvin Cook and uh, Josh Jacobs, and. That was a mistake. <laughs> it's like ever since then, it's been trying to like put it back together, you know. And and both those guys are off my team now. But yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. That's the easiest. I shouldn't say easiest replaceable, but I mean year over year, there's different guys up there, like you're saying. Year over year, quarterbacks they're they're pretty standard. Who's going to be some of the top names up there? Wide receiver, as long as they don't swap situations or get injured, that's same. Running backs and even like the guys you talked about, a lot of those were what I would consider backups on their own team. You know, AJ Dillon and Tony Dave, Pollard. Tony Pollard and Damian Harris was not necessarily considered. I mean, he was probably the starter, but he wasn't like a locked bell cow. But he's in a patsy offense. That's yeah, right. So predictable. But those are guys you can win with if you've got the right pieces around them. You know, so yeah, I think the running back position in general, especially dynasty, I think it should be as fluid as possible. 
If you try, it needs to be. It has to be because yeah. I mean, try and trade a guy that's twenty-seven or older at running back. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and that's like I traded for Kamara. You know, those three first and and was fortunate, got lucky, stayed healthy. Blah blah blah. Like he had that year he had two years ago, and then you know, turn right around the off season and get the one hundred six and Stephon Diggs for him. You know, so then I get Diggs and Pitts. You know, to kind of this dude helped me win. Like let's let's move on and. And sure up the receiver core, get a pick. Happened and Pitts fell. But you but know, you did so. the right thing with being fluid with the running back position. You got to, yeah, man. Like yeah, you cannot you did, you get did the right to thing. Back. Like, yeah. like today. Like if I could get a trade done for Jonathan Taylor, like I'd freaking do it in our beat. Yeah. But he's so valuable right now. Yeah, I think so. I think you hit the nail on the head with don't get too attached to your running backs. No. I, got, I think that's perfect. And being bold, I mean you gave up your three first to get Kamara, and that's where a lot of people would be like, that's a lot of investment in one guy. And he did pan out, so he didn't completely bust or anything. But at the same time, you were able to get out of him, and you got digs out of him in what, the first, you said? So basically, you've got, you, you got to use him for you got to use him for two years, and then you end up getting, you know, using one year. Yeah, okay, we well, still got, got one year of usage and, pits and out of it. Digs yeah. and pits. I mean, that's a pretty good return on value, you know. So Those are two really bad last names, digs and pits. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pits <laughs> yeah. and digs. In the world of last names, yeah, not the sorry. best. But uh, when you say them together, it just sounds bad. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, just being aggressive and having fun with it, I think, yeah, and being yeah. a, little, a little bit looser with it. Dines is, but you can't take fun. it too seriously. No. Yeah, and I did for sure, especially that first Dude, year. Everybody was, does. Like, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. you don't want to lose. Really can't, but everybody does. I'm staying yeah. up late at night reading articles on Bleacher Report about guys, you know, and like yeah, juniors in college. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna well, do better, you know. <laughs> watching watching YouTube videos of game film and then like. I, I text a couple of buddies today. I'm in a FanDuel basketball league with it. And I'm like, I hate to admit how much time I spend on a FanDuel lineup. You know, because oh, yeah. I, I don't want to lose. I'll spend, competitive. No, yeah. I'll spend an hour or whatever making a FanDuel lineup because I don't want to lose. And it's a dollar entry. I don't know? mind but, investing the time in it because I enjoy it. But it's like when it comes time to make a move, I need to be more willing to make those moves and not worry so much about it, you know. So yeah. that's me. And I, and I think that's probably a lot of people. It is. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's good time, good time. So, anything else? Anything you guys have learned about yourselves as as players in redraft or in in uh, dynasty? The one, uh, good or bad? I feel like every year it gets better. You know, every year I have a different, you know, something tweak, some kind of perspective changes. I don't know, but every new year there's a new you. Yeah, I mean it's hundred percent. And as long as you're growing as a fantasy player, that's all you can hope for. You know, I mean. I, I, if you're losing every year, you need to change something up. And you need to make differences, you know. But you should get better, and your league mates will get better too. And you just got to get better than them and go win. Yeah, and, and, and then your league entirely will get better. Yep. And then, like, if you play in a league and you keep getting last and you don't understand how you're getting last and you make 20% of the moves that the people that don't get last make, then maybe make more. I don't know. It, seriously, solid, I'm not, solid I'm not advice. Referencing, not even, not even, or, not even kidding. Good. Like if you're not doing as well, and you know somebody is doing well, start watching how they play and like what kind of moves they're making and things that they're doing and like things they're paying attention to and like learn from them or ask them. I mean, some people would be. I'm not going to give you all my secrets, but like if somebody asked me how to get better, especially if I have to play against them, I would definitely I would pour all the knowledge I have into them, which may not be worth much, but I would help them out. I mean, try to get better, and even guys I'm playing against, like if they watch moves I make, they could probably learn some things that I do right. I know I've watched both of you guys and things that you guys do on trades or free agency or whatever. And I, I know every time a trade goes down, I'm like, man, I wish I was a part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wish and I would have been making a move too. I look at both sides of trades when I see them go down and like the analysis behind it and like why they did that, you know, and you try to learn and, and learn the players you're playing against too. 
Yeah, no, that that's that's actually key too. Is like knowing your league mates and knowing how they play and what kind of moves they'll make, what their team's kind of made up of. So yeah, yep. that's solid advice too. I agree with you though. You see a trade and you're like, oh, I would have gave a little bit more than that, you know? Yeah, or like, like, I, I wish I'd have. Yeah, I wish I'd have been a part of that. I yeah. want to be. I want to make a trade now. I should have asked about that or whatever. And then and then that gets me fired up and I'll go ask about trades and then people get mad at me because I think I'm lowballing them or whatever. <laughs> it's like I'm just asking. So. Anyway, it's fun though, man. And to me, this is for Dynasty at least. This is the best time of year just to to kind of dig in and, and just have fun, and, and it's a good talking point with your buddies and stuff. So, yep. Anyways, all right. Was well, that all you guys have? New that, year, new me. That's all I got. We're all going to win all the championships this year. Now, now that we've talked this out. And by the way, the new NSFL trophy looks great on the podcast table. It does. You got this is our first episode with it on the table. It, it looks very nice, and we've got a roll of. A nice jar of ones here that you want. One hundred dollar, one hundred one dollar bills, all in a jar. All in a it's jar. A thanks to thing. Devin Stewart. That's my entry fee, so it's just going to stay here until next year. And there I'm you go. To you for NSFL. Yeah, the MarchMania dot com studio is looking really nice. What's getting put together? So four out of the last six years has been on this table. this table. Yes, sir. Let's keep what it that way. It's pretty good odds. It's pretty good. I odds. want that. I want that trophy to stay on this table. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to try and make it happen in twenty twenty two. Yes, we appreciate you guys, Armchair Army, listening in. This was our bonus episode. Thank you guys for listening. As always, MarchMania.com. Uh, appreciate you guys. Check them out. And, uh, Check them out. <laughs> See ya. See y'all.